Welcome to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG. It's a bonus episode, and today I'm very lucky to be joined by a brand new up-and-coming horror writer in the world of RPG gaming. I'm not going to say her full name because I'll screw it up, <laughs> and Lord knows, you guys all know I hate screwing up those names. So today I'm joined by Clara. Clara, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, and, and my surname, <laughs> surnames are Horskia Herbel. It's very difficult Danish, so I don't expect anyone to actually be able to pronounce that. You know, I might have been able to. I don't know. I I, I, I punked out. I'm weak. It's I'm fine. Weak. I, I forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Clara, thanks for joining us today on the show. Um I've just been hearing a lot about the various kind of games that you have been writing for, the properties that you've been involved with. Yeah. And uh, I'm just stoked to have you here so that we can talk about about what's hot in horror right now. Yeah, well, me too. I'm very excited. Now, um, just so, to kind of like frame the... Um, the, the context of our conversation, why don't you take a little second and introduce yourself to our listeners and kind of like like who you are and what you do. Well, hello there. My name is Clara and I am, as Brendan said, I'm a new writer and I am uh, a role play writer, an RPG writer. I write systems and I write books for Onyx Path and other... Um, other companies and I am in my daytime or my day job I'm a nurse in a recovery unit which I enjoy very much as well so this is kind of a, a side job for now but um, hopefully I'll be able to write more and more as my I guess my career progresses on so yeah no doubt yeah. and uh, you've already worked for some pretty like you know I, I don't want to say prestigious. I don't want to make it a, a matter of like of like of like that. But you've worked on some really great properties, properties that people are very excited about. Are you able to talk about any of the companies that you work for other than Onyx Path? Um. Yeah. I. I. I guess so. I mean. Um, I primarily I work for Onyx Path, and they were the ones getting me into writing and. Um, and helping me, uh, you know, progress as a as a writer, and um, I I guess I can say I'm working for Helmgas as well, uh, the developers and uh, company behind Cold. Um, mm, so exciting! Yeah, so exciting. yeah. It's on uh, it's on Kickstarter, uh, Cold Divinity Lost. So if anyone is interested in looking that up, then we'll be more than happy. So that's yeah, that is one of the other companies i'm working for yeah awesome awesome well uh at full metal rpg we're big fans of both onyx path line of products and the helm gas line of products and uh with cult divinity lost like they're talking about getting ready to ship like they're sh starting to ship in like like late august september or whatever and let me tell you man we are like chomping at the bit for that physical product we're just so stoked to get that to the table at last yeah. Now, um, well, so so 
tell us about like you as a gamer. I mean, nobody ends up in the RPG industry without having done some gaming. Like, what kind of gaming do you like to do, and where where did you get started, and what's your favorite thing? Just kind of fill um, us in. Well, uh, um, I started when I was eleven, so that's many years ago now. Um, I I started kind of in a, in a reverse way, I think, um, because I started out with live action role play. It was very popular at the time when I was 11 at least, um, and my first role-playing experience was actually at a uh, uh, fantasy life in my local, in my town. And um, one of my, I remember one of my girlfriends at that time, she dragged me along and I had no idea what I was in for. But ever since then I've just enjoyed and loved the world of role-playing gaming. Um, other than that, I've always, as a child, loved board games, and I've always, I've always loved to use my imagination. So, me ending up with with what I have now is absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, I got into tabletop role playing when I was fourteen or fifteen. I can't remember. And that was a Dungeons and Dragons um, tabletop game, and that was. I remember it was it was so much fun, and I just thought this is a whole this is a world I don't know anything about, and I just want to know more. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, what are you playing now? Are you playing anything now? Well, I I wish I had time. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. but I, I I do occasionally attend uh, live action role play. I was at Convention of Thorns last year. And I have been... When I can, I run games. I'm going to run a couple of games um, in two weeks for the Ooh, new which v- ones? V5. Um, I'm going to run for White Wolf. So I'm very excited about that at a lo- local convention. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Uh-huh. I-, I haven't picked up V5 yet. I'm waiting. I was at Gen Con and it was available there, but I wanted to pick it up from my local game store. Um, and so I haven't had a chance to experience it yet, but I'm very excited. Oh, well, you should look forward to it. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, kind of uh, your story is interesting because, you know, without trying to put too fine a point on it, you're very young. You're very young, and well, in the you. in the world of with the in the world of writing, like getting into writing young is is hard, and so uh, you know you're breaking in at a young age. Do you want to talk about that? Like, tell us the story or or, or how that all went, how the how that's been um, going for you. Yeah, sure. I um, so I know Matthew Dawkins, and he's a developer, in-house developer, or was at the time um, for Onyx Path, and he um, we talk. You know, for a couple of months, and he said to me, "Do you want? Do you ever, have you ever considered writing?" It was the first thing he asked me, and I said, uh, "No." <laughs> really? Yeah, because actually, I I never thought that I I was good enough for anything like that. I've always read the books, and I've always been excited about writing, and I've written just private pieces for myself because. I, I, that, that's just something I enjoy to do. But I've never considered my writing to be good enough for anything public. Um, and anything I could I could earn money on as well. 
So when he said that, I said no. <laughs> and he said, well, you should submit something, a writing sample for Onyx Path and see where that leads you. And I thought, well, what am I going to write? How do I do? I don't I have no idea how to do this. But I submitted a writing sample and they wanted to use me on one of their books. So that's how I got started. That's how I got into it. And and just, you know, just being a stable writer who you don't have to be, have a lot of talent necessarily. You, you just have to be, you know, good with, good with English and you have to have a imagination. And most importantly, you just have to, to have a passion for the product and for the game. And that will shine through in, in your finished work. And, and I think that's what got me this far. Wow, that that's uh that's good advice. That's great advice. Mm. I mean, what so what was in your writing sample? I mean, did you submit like a short story or did you submit like some kind of like a like a technical kind of more role playing piece or or what? <laughs> it was a technical piece actually, which is kind of funny for me because I I'm not that good at writing technical things. <laughs> that's something I'm struggling. I mean, so you say you got the job. I I did, yeah, but uh, you know I. <sighs> It's something I'm still working on, um, but I, I wrote a an ability, I think. Uh, what was it called? For Vampire. Oh my god, was it Crimson... Crimson Puppeteer or something like that. It's... Oh my god, it's so embarrassing I can't remember, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be embarrassed. It sounds cool to me. I like it. Yeah, um, but it's... Uh, it was, it was a, a, an ability... And they, it's a good idea when you submit something, you show what you can do, that you can not only write, you know, fictional pieces and, and, and you know, flavor text, that you can actually write something that, that's um, is useful in a more systematic perspective. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. That, that's good advice. That's good advice. Um, so... You you're kind of in this world of horror RPGs and um, working between Onyx Path and Helmgast. I mean, is is horror a genre that particularly calls to you, or is it just kind of uh, what was in front of you at the time? Um, well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about why I'm I'm attracted to the horror genre genre because I am. Um, and when I was a child, I I had this pen pal, and we used to draw drawings for each other. And my main thing, 99% of the time, I would draw skeletons, graveyards, <laughs> vampires, zombies. Um, and I'm not sure why. I was just fascinated by that world no grown-ups wanted to talk about. Everyone was a little too afraid to to bring up the the subject of, of of death and 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 fear, you know, because how do you talk to a child about that? So I think I just found it fascinating because why is no one talking about it? Why is it so, such a secret thing? I want to know more about it, and and that followed me through my teenage years and uh, till now, where I'm still fascinated by horror and and that unexplored aspect of human psychology 
Yeah, it's kind of weird, huh? How that whole world, like you can just be born, you can just be born in it, right? Like you don't, I I feel like um, people want there to be some kind of like traumatic inciting incident that like made you as a person like moribund or something. Yeah. But I mean, I'm the same way. I feel exactly the same way where if I go back through my memory banks and I try and find the beginning, it's just, it's just, it just was always there. Like this kind of fascination with grimness and with, and with, uh, like, uh, the idea of mortality and the idea of like things that are beyond mortality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. It's, um, things we're too afraid of, uh, often what fascinates us the most because we don't know much about it. So, I mean, here there's two words that, that were in that that I kind of want to pick up on. And it's like, uh, because because they might seem contradictory, but to the horror writer, they're not contradictory, which is fear and fascination, uh-huh. right? Mm. You want to talk about that a little and like how how you explore those in your writing or just in horror in general? Well, I think they go hand in hand. And it, 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 it sounds contradictory um, because we, we see fear as a, you know, our body's way to warn us that there's something we do not necessarily want to be near because it can harm us. But at the same time, there is, it's, it's a human quirk. We, everything we're not supposed to do, we like to do. And everything we're supposed <laughs> not to be near, we like to be near. Um, so it draws our attention because it's, it's something that's, you know, we, it's something we, we don't usually, um, we don't, we don't like to, to, um, to put energy into something that frightens us because it's, it's a feeling we don't like. It's it's not it's not a nice feeling to be to be scared of course but it's something that I I feel is important to explore and that's why I'm try- what I'm trying to do in my writing to to explore that that side of yourself that you sometimes just put on a shelf and say well let's just put that there and and not visit it because it's oh I don't I don't like how it makes me feel but it's healthy for you to to explore that side of yourself it's it's healthy for you to explore yourself just in general but but all of those those things that you know that helps you progress as a person because you get to know yourself more and even those sides of yourself that you don't necessarily like to explore so how you you said through your writing you're trying to, to explore help other people explore that and explore it yourself what in your writing is is exploring that and and how like what like what would we see in your writing mm. that would provoke us and make us feel fear and make us feel fascination um i can't speak for everyone because that's the good thing about horror um we are afraid of different things and i of course i can't include everything in in my writing but i can i can work from what i'm afraid of and I can work from what I experience other people are afraid of. And sometimes it doesn't have to be that big monster or 
you know, many of those things we 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 usually read about in role playing games. Sometimes it's something within ourselves, and so so what I try to do is make people think about what are they afraid of. How can they include that into a game? How can they build a chronicle based on what they're afraid of themselves or what the participants in the game are afraid of? So I, I always, um, I always, when I try to explain a game to to, to someone who wants to to create one, I always um, recommend they talk about fear before starting. Just to get a general idea of what what you know what 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 are the different players afraid of, so if you can include that into a game and do it successfully and not do it to to overstep any boundaries but to awaken something and to inspire self exploration i I think that's a success- successful game and and that's why what I always um what i what I write in my book sometime you know in in a in a a more meta way, I guess, and in a in a more creative way, in a more storytelling telling way, I I just use my own fears, and I use the fears as um, as I said that I I see other people have, and I write about them. So as you're like kind of as a writer going through your life. And you're creating like a bank of kind of like experiences and themes to draw on. Like, what are some things that inspire you to write horror? Like, it, it can either be like personal experiences or like, like just you things that you're are you're in, in your environment or like other pieces of art. Like, what is it that drives you to create this subject matter? Um, aside from from the importance of of finding out things about yourself, I think what inspires me most is just my everyday life. Really, I'm a, I'm a nurse, and I see horrible cases of human ne- neglect, and when human psychology is you know, out, out where it, it's out of control, and I use that as an inspiration. I, I obviously don't use any of my, you know, I don't use any patient names or anything like that. But I, but I learn a lot about how how people fear. A, a hospital is a place of of every single human emotion. You have happiness, fear, uh, anger, sadness. Everything is represented in one house, and I think that's fascinating. And and one of the most predominant feelings I I will say is fear, because when you're alone in an environment like a hospital, you are not home. You are away from everything. You find safe. You eat differently. You sleep differently. You constantly hear noises. You have people injecting you with things you can't even pronounce. It's, if anything, that's where fear really can be born. And 
I use the knowledge I have about human fear and psychology in my nursing as well as my writing. In my nursing, I use it to prevent fear and try to talk to my patients about it. And in my writing, I I use it differently. And I try to inspire the player to, to use that kind of fear, that kind of, I guess, very deep and and primal human fear in their game. Yeah, that is amazing. That's that's really great. Um when I when I was growing up my uh my mom my mom was a nurse and so she would come home and she'd tell us all about our day while we were uh, sitting on the dinner table and it was like always revolting. Like everything that she had to talk <laughs> yeah. about was disgusting. And I think that that created in me kind of a like a fascination with like disgusting elements, mm, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I really, I really love kind of over the top, like just kind of Cronenberg type body horror. I love <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, but then, but then I'm completely repelled by medical horror. Like I just can't even deal with it. Like if somebody puts on a fucking movie where it's like people being strapped to tables and injected with syringes and scalpels glinting in the light, I just can't even, I can't even look at it, you no, know? no. No, I mean that that makes sense if you were exposed to that as a as a child and you really didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it just I don't know. That whole thing just does something to me. Is there anything is there any uh is there any area that that you like when you're like gazing into it that it starts getting to be a bit too real for you? Like where do you draw the line? Um yeah, that is a good question. I, I, I mean, I've, I've been through my own personal horrors, and some of them I can freely use without it hurting or harming me in any way. Um, and I do. But some of them, I, I'm not as far in my own progression and my own life that I can use them in a positive way um, because they need time. Uh, for example, um, my my uh, my mother she died uh, one and a half years ago and there's still a lot of fears um, regarding that that I'm not yet ready to use in let's say a game um, because I'm not there yet and I think it's a fine line between taking care of your own psychology and your players you know mental state during a game and um, and still make the game exciting and you know fun and, and interesting. Yes, absolutely. So why don't you talk about that a little bit? Kind of like safety at the table. Like what what is the duty of the storyteller in creating horror and and exposing the players to transgressive subject matter versus the responsibility to be safe? to yourself and to your friends at the table i mean i i think it's 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 important to to find out what the expectation of the different players are before you start you can't just jump into a horror game even with your closest friends because sometimes they might have some fears or something they just don't want to explore and you have to completely and utterly respect that as a storyteller there's no way, even if you want to provoke a bit, that you can overstep those boundaries. That's out of the line. Because you might end up with someone triggering someone's PTSD or anxiety, and you do not want to do that. That's not, that's not what this is about. Um, first of all, role-playing has to be fun, and it has to be interesting and exciting. 
and your your heart has to pound and and your throat needs to tighten and it, that's a good fear you know it's not a it's not a good fear if you become ill so what i always do with my players for example is ask them do you have anything you do not want to talk about you can write it on a on a note to me or you can take me into the next room and tell me if you don't want to tell it in front of the others that's fine because it might be something deeply personal um and my responsibility as a storyteller is to not overstep those boundaries and create a game that doesn't go near those subjects. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, the X card that has made its kind of rounds through the independent gaming circles no. recently? What's that? Uh, the X card is interesting. We talk about it on this show, like I don't know, fairly regularly, but you know, I think it's been a while, so we could we could certainly stand to bring it up again. Uh, it's what you do is you draw you draw an X on an index card and then you put it in uh, this the middle of the table and um, if ever like a scene is happening or an interaction between players or a description that the storyteller is giving or even on some level if another player is giving a description and then they say I as a storyteller want to make it stop or another player wants to make it stop all you have to do is reach out and touch the card. You just reach out and touch the card, and then the scene ends, and you move on to the next thing. And no one ever has to give a reason why. They don't ever have to defend it. Mm. It's just whatever is happening just stops, and then you move on to the next thing. Um, I used to be, I used to be like really resentful of the X card, but I've actually as like a I think it's good for any game because like you were saying, we just don't know what the other people are carrying around. Like if I'm doing a <clears throat> game and I have a car accident in it, like a violent car accident, and I don't know that you were in a violent car accident when you were a kid or something, right? Mm -hmm. And that that's got a bunch of emotional trauma for you that you don't want to explore, right? Like, then, then, you know, I mean, you might not even bring that up as something that you would like put on a list or whatever, but it's just still something that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. And you shouldn't have to, because what I always say when I put the X card out is, is, is just what you were saying, which is we're all here to have fun. We're all here to enjoy each other's company. It's supposed to be fun first. Nobody wants to get hurt while they're doing this. Um, but let me tell you, I use them at con games all the time because what, I find myself running at conventions a lot now. And, um, when you're sitting down at a convention, you just don't know the people who you're sitting with. I mean, you literally don't know them. You met them like two minutes ago, and yeah. you've got no idea mm-hmm. what's up, you know? I and mean, that's a great idea. Uh, I love the fact that you, you don't necessarily have to have a stop word, but just have something you can, you know, safety net. Something you can always have by your side, and you don't have to explain yourself. Because I think that might prevent uh, some people from not doing it. Um... If they think they have to sit in front of these strangers, maybe they've never met before, and explain why they suddenly want to stop the game. So I think that's a great idea. But I also I also firmly believe that you have to before you start the game do you know try to prevent anything like this happening. So if you do both things, I think you I think you're good as a storyteller. I think you are showing respect to your players and you are. You're not trying to force your vision down their throats. And, you know, that's another thing. Um, when you are creative, you're a writer. You, you know, you can be so fascinated by something you've done. some A product you've created. And to a degree where, where you, you've, you don't understand why everyone else isn't finding it as, 
as amazing as you are. So if you introduce a game to people, players, and they say, you know, this is a little too much for me, it, it can be easy for you to take it as an insult or, 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 or don't understand why, why are you not seeing what I'm seeing. But again, this is, as I mentioned before, horror is individual. And it's a very touchy subject. And you have to be very careful when you run horror games. And if you can't do that, you shouldn't be running horror games. I mean, I agree that, that, that it's all about due diligence on the front end. Yeah. And it's all about respect, for sure. 100%. 100%. Um, and you're... Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So... I don't know if you've noticed this, but it seems to me like 2019 is going to be like a bonkers year for horror. I mean, we've got Vampire is coming out kind of late in 2018. Uh, Colt is going to be delivering. Uh, Zach S. just funded his Demon City book. Um, we just have this wave of of games that are kind of trying to like reclaim horror in a certain way. Because mm-hmm. I feel like for... I mean, seriously, this is going to sound like really old now, but I feel like <laughs> over the last 20 years, uh, urban fantasy has been slowly kind of, uh, this is going to sound pejorative, but I feel like it's been slowly eroding away at the foundation of horror so that people have just looked at urban fantasy and horror like, and, and they're like, oh, those are interchangeable things. Yeah. And I don't think that they are. I don't think that they're interchangeable at all. No. Um wh- horror is horror, urban fantasy is urban fantasy. Do you do you have any thoughts on that? Um I mean, I don't know, man. I I, I feel like I'm so new in all this. <laughs> I I I I mean, I agree with you and and horror again, it, it's it's something that that progresses with time and it's something that reflects the world we're in right now. And I think one of the reasons why we have so many new horror games and so many new interesting takes on horror, horror games is the world we're living in, you know? It's it's a scary world. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, fun to uh, be living in certain places right now um, because of threats of war, racism... Um, segregation, all of these negativities, and one of the things, again, that horror games can do is take that and put it into a manageable size and make it workable. And you can confront it in a way you f- find fit. Not something that's being forced upon you by, you know, state or, or anything like that. It's something you have control over, and I think that's so healthy. I think it, it's so helpful to confront those fears um, in a safe environment. I don't know if that was the answer you were looking for. <laughs> no, no, I think it's I think it's uh, it, it, that's it's very interesting because when you're okay, so a lot of people look at like the 1980s as this kind of like a golden age of of comics mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. you know Alan Moore and Art Spiegelman were yeah. creating this like a really amazing work. But if you look at the social context around them, then you have like Reagan era America and Thatcherite England. And um, out of a lot of social turmoil, you've got some really amazing art. And as things have been kind of like 
going down the shitter lately, I've been kind of thinking to myself, well, at least we're going to get some great art out of it. That'll be <laughs> that'll be cool, I guess. Yeah. And um <clears throat> And I, I think it's great that now we're at this spot where people are willing to make a hard distinction between horror and urban fantasy because for too long of a time I've been very kind of like I've been kind of rolling my eyes at the uh, at the uh, the way that those two ideas get conflated. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that like the gaming kind of like world is ready for like hard horror themes? Do you think that they're re- they're ready for it? I I mean it's hard to, to to say if the world is ready for it. I'm sure there will always be a part of the world that will never be ready for for hard subjects like that. Um but I think as as we slowly progress and we accept um you know more personal horror, I think that harder subjects definitely can be incorporated into at least the gaming industry a little easier um because what i'm seeing in in like cold and v5 um and you know even contagion chronicle some of the themes we are building on are personal horror it's horror that's very on a human level, you know, because they can sometimes be, as I said before, it's, it can sometimes be one the most scary thing to explore what's inside of you. Um, so, so that's that's a trend I, I'm seeing at least, and I really like where that's going. Yeah, me too. Like I'm, I'm all for people escaping what I consider to be kind of like the banality. The banal safety of uh, heroic role playing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to me, to me, there is no word more kind of like, uh, I don't know, just disappointment inducing than heroic role playing. Mm. Even if you're gonna play in like a fantasy setting, I'm kind of like, well, do, does it have to be heroic? Can we at least have like a relevant postmodern take? Anyway, that's just me. Um, <laughs> So so let's get into some kind of like some kind of like issues stuff some issues yeah. type stuff. So um you're you're a female writer. Mm-hmm. Uh the it's, there's no there's no secret that the the RPG industry is like predominantly male. You're also very young and the gaming industry has a a reputation for being kind of old for being kind of stodgy. Uh, what's your experience been like as a female gamer, as a female writer? H- how have you been received? How how are you how are you how are you navigating all of this? Um, I mean, I I I don't feel like anyone has given me less of an opportunity because I'm female. On you know, on the other hand, I've actually I feel like because I am female and I'm representing a minority group that I'm maybe even welcomed more um, because I guess the gaming industry is realizing that if we both have the brains of men and women, we can actually create games that are even better and that speaks to women as well. So we can get more, you know, we can get more women into the industry and that will be absolutely wonderful. So I've never, I haven't felt like I've, I've, been you know discriminated because of my gender 
I really haven't. And it, it's amazing. And I, I, especially Onyx Path, been absolutely amazing at, at saying, well, we want a variety of different people and minorities in our, in our projects because we want their ver- version, their stories. We don't, we don't want one group of people to write a book because that will only speak to, to you know, one group of people. It will, not, it will not speak to minorities, it will not speak to, to black minorities, it will not, not speak to women if it's predominantly written by males and white males. Um, so just to bring in more minority groups. So I, I really feel like I've been given even more opportunities as a female writer. That's great. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to hear that. That's an excellent like report on the state of the industry right there. That yeah. that uh, that's like seen as a benefit and not as a liability. And I'm really happy to hear hear that perception. Uh, what what's your experience been like as a female gamer? Like, or as 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 you've kind because of, you've been gaming for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds yeah. like about a decade and a half, almost two decades. Like you've uh, uh like what have what have you experienced there? How have things changed? Are things are things better? Are they mm-hmm. worse? Are they about the same? Like, how's that all going? Uh, when you get out into the world, are you you go to conventions and stuff? Are you encountering more female gamers? Are you encountering more female gamers at your at your local game store? How's that all going? I mean, we are seeing progression, and that is absolutely lovely because where I started out, I honestly, when I'm thinking back on it, it was. It was not a good place to be as a young female to be at a vampire lab. It really wasn't. It's. I had the idea that flirtation and sexual comments was just a, just a thing that happened, and I had to accept that because that that was how it, it you know females were just supposed to accept those kind of. Um, um, Harassment. Advances. Oh, oh, harassment. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize until I was in my late teens, in my uh, beginning of my 20s, that I wasn't supposed to accept that kind of behavior. Because when I started out, I I got a lot of comments. I, you know, I was a young girl and I was one of the only females in my role playing group. And I, I mean, didn't you say you started out when you were 11? I mean, yeah. Um, that that gives you an idea of how bad it was. Um, and luckily, 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 I am seeing, um, progression on that part. We are getting a lot more conscious about what we are saying and doing to our minority groups and our females at least, and that we are not supposed to just because there are two females in a group of 35 role players that we're supposed to use them as some sort of sexual object because we really are not. And I feel a lot more respected now when I go to role plays. I feel like I can be safe. Um, there, there are, of course, you know, uh, some role plays still that uh, I, I, I just don't attend because I know that... Um, I'm not. I'm not being giving that respect as a role player, as I feel like I. I. I'm. I'm supposed to get. So. I'm also seeing a lot more females in the role playing community, which is lovely. A lot more girls are open to, to attend a tabletop role play or especially a live action role play, 
So something I've been doing is every time I'm attending a, a live action roleplay, I count how many men and how many women are attending. And I don't know why. I've always done that. And I remember when I was younger, it would be like if we have a, a roleplay, a live action roleplaying game, Vampire, it would be something like 80 men and 20 women at max. And now it's more a 50-50 thing. And that's, and that's amazing. I think that really is um, a reflection of how we are including women more in both the writing industry and uh, the role-playing industry and gaming industry. Yeah, that's an excellent report. And I'm glad that somebody out there has been counting, you know, because <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't think everybody does. And I'm, I'm happy to hear this, that, that, that you have. So you have a, a frame of reference to sort of like reflect on that. That's great. Yeah. Um, now, kind of when you and I met, it was like right after that nonsense happened with the, the dog and dice or whatever uh uh article came out mm. and white wolf riders and onyx path riders were getting a really hard time from trolls on the internet um and that like created a lot of controversy now i definitely think that we're kind of past all that now and i mean i i just want to hear your thoughts on everything that happened with that i don't want to put any words in your mouth tell me tell me what, what are your thoughts what were your experiences what are your feelings so, what was one of the main problems um, was the fact that Clan Bruja was, was mentioned as uh, neo-Nazis in the game. And to me personally, I, I think that Vampire and World of Darkness, and I, I, in fact I know, and it is always taken, you know, it, it's always used our world as a platform. World of Darkness is, is different, but not really that much. It's our world with vampires. So the fact that some vampires, and especially, especially extremist vampires like the Bruja clan can be, um, they are extremists in both, in all political directions. I think that makes sense to me. What I, why I think this has happened is we have a lot of you know, all around the world, we are seeing groups of neo-Nazis, you know, just exploding and doing horrible things and having terrible, terrible messages. And it's a fine line when White Wolf as, as a company wants to include that and show the world that, yeah, we, we, we are vampires, we are monsters, and we can be just as bad as the monsters we see in real life. It's a fine life between that and not promoting um, any bad messages. I don't personally believe White Wolf did that. I don't think they're promoting anything just by including that in the game. But I can see why there is this explosive reaction. I mean, that's that, that's fair. That's fair. I, I find it kind of strange that there were people who sort of thought like, oh, there's stuff in the world that I don't like. And if you put it in a book, then that means you're endorsing it and you're endorsing something that I don't like. Mm -hmm. I mean, white nationalism is scary. Uh -huh. It's horrifying, right? Mm -hmm. I oh, mean, yeah. and it's going to be in horror material. Uh, where, where, do, where, where could 
writers draw the line in like in in creating stuff that uh, is completely unoffensive to anybody. You know? Yeah. And right. Yeah, yeah. I I completely see what you what you mean. Um, it's we want to be as inclusive as we can in our games. We we just talked about you know um, minority groups and all that. So we we want to be as inclusive as we can, and in order to do that, um, we sometimes have to make some creative sacrifices, which you know you can have your opinions about that, and and I can feel. Sometimes I can feel a little restricted or maybe even scared as a writer because I, I see how some of the writers that was on that book, how they are affected by this. And I think to myself, what if I write, suddenly write something that someone finds offensive? So it can definitely um, restrain your creative ability. But it, in in some matter, I don't like that. In, and in some other way, I do... I am glad that we have to think about what we put into a book. That we don't, we can, we cannot just let our feelings go and just put it down writing and hope that everyone likes it, and without having a, a um, you know, any any issues with that later. We do have to 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 be a, I guess, a little more thoughtful in our writing than maybe previously. And that's fair. There's nothing, you know, that's completely fair. Mm. That's completely fair. Mm. And, you know, we should be, you know, you know, I mean, writers should think as well as feel. I agree 100%. Um, so do you want to tell us, like, where can we find your projects? What projects is, are your, I mean, I think this has been a great interview. I really love some of your takes. Uh, I hope that some of our listeners are listening and they want to engage with your material. If they do, um, what projects uh, uh, have your name on them that are either out or coming out? Like, what can we what can we look for? Um, so nothing is out yet. <laughs> I've only been writing for half a year, sadly. But uh, we have Contagion Chronicle coming up. Okay. And we have um, let's see, we have Cold Divinity Lost, which you've talked about. Awesome. Yeah, and we have uh, Werewolf, uh, where I am writing a companion, a book with uh, some protagonists in it, um, called "It Is Shunned by the Moon." Which okay, so what's the what's the title of the book Shunt, again? Shunned by the Moon. Shunned by the Moon, and which werewolf game is that for? That's for Forsaken. Oh, okay, great. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad that they're still producing material for that. That's great. So yeah, I also have the um, uh, a book out for it will come out very soon uh, for Werewolf of Sagan, and it's uh, the Night Horrors Shunned by the Moon book. Oh cool. Yeah. Oh cool. I love those books. Those are so those are so great. Yeah, and I have Dark Arrows too, um, which is coming out as well. And I've also recently been put on Changeling. And that is my Ooh. yeah. That's which my, which changeling though? <laughs> it's my first World of Darkness book, actually. Uh, is it is it changeling the dreaming? It is, yeah. Oh yes. wow! Yes, so I'm I'm very excited about that, and it's a player's guide that's coming out. That's great. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, so that's I mean, that that is a lot uh, of of material for various like. Uh, followers of those different lines to take a look at do you have any idea when we can expect contagion chronicle when yeah uh 
you can go in on Onyx Path the schedule in there on the on the webpage and see how far they are because they might be okay. more updated than I am. So I recommend you go in there and you can check out the other projects we have as well. Awesome, awesome. And so, uh, if people wanted to interact with you on the interwebs, um, where can they find your stuff? I think like what? What? Go ahead. Yeah, I think the best place to find me is on Twitter. Um, I recently made a profile. <laughs> I, 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 I found that I had to, um, but I'm, I'm actually enjoying the platform, and it's on at X Lady Gamer X. Okay, mm-hmm. great, great. Well, that's that's really exciting, and um, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, I thought that the uh, your answers were really great. And um, I think that they're very insightful, and I hope that everybody had a chance to, to listen and kind of take in some of that stuff. So um, I'm very excited to follow your career as it moves forward. Uh, I'm just looking forward to some great horror games coming up in 2019 and, uh, and, seeing, and seeing what comes next for you. Well, thank you, and thank you for letting me be a part of the show. I enjoyed it very much. Oh, hey, no problem. The pleasure is ours. I hope that uh, someday in the future you'll consider coming on again. I definitely will. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Well, have a good night. And you have a good night, too.